hope is not wishful thinking, it's confident expectation. Hope is not wishful thinking, it's confident expectation. You come because you believe, you hope. You're going to hear the word, going to hear the music. Your spirit's going to be prompted, and God's going to work in your life. And if you didn't have hope in God's institution of the church, you wouldn't come. I haven't got any better looking. I know you're... Like, oh, I hope when I get there, he's like better looking and lost weight. No, and no. I, so the treats have already started. They've already started. It's official. Uh, the gainers come with the marshmallow, caramel, nut, baptized in goodness. And I ate them like it was the Last Supper. They're like, you try them? I like, I tried them as soon as I walked down the hallway. Do you ever do that? Do they still have uh, smorgasbords? What do they call now? Buffets. Who eats in line? They're like, what, are you guys some kind of redneck? Yep, we are. It was only guys that raised their hand. It was no girls. Me and Big Steve and... Uh, Schulte or somebody. Amen. It's fun to be at church. Hope is used 129 times in the Bible. Um, do you know that generous people prosper too? And remember, you don't have to be rich to be generous, just generous to be generous. You don't even have to have one dime and you can be generous. Um, and I hope next week you guys will wear your ugly sweaters, uh, Christmas sweaters. Um, I never actually owned an ugly sweater. Some of the things I put on, my wife tells me that they're ugly. So, and she always is like, "You're gonna, you're gonna wear that again." I'm like, uh, "Yeah." I was holding some puppies last night, and I had my jean jacket on it, and uh, you know they got some milk on their face, and it's on the jean. She goes, "You're gonna not be able to wear that tomorrow." I'm like, "Yeah, right." Yeah. When stuff gets on jeans, it can disappear through holiness uh, Isaiah 9 6 and 7 just warmed you up on it uh, and told you we'd be talking about it so hope is the confident expectation um, and there's there's a lot of super super cool stuff going to happen in the service um, it says for to us a child is born uh, to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be, say this with me, class, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. The Trinity's right there, DeBerry. Right there, 750 years before, uh, you know, some of your uh, friends that are scoffers who don't believe in the Trinity, it was spoke of way before Jesus was even born. Um, in verse 7, it says, Of the increase of the government and of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness. From this time forth forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will do this. So he says he will do it. I believe it. That settles it. So if you're going to put your hope, you're going to put your trust, you're going to put your faith, make sure it's in uh, the word of God. Amen. And faith and hope look a lot alike. They're kin to each other. Say that. They're kin to each other. I was uh, at church last night, and Krista, who was singing 
she had her little her littlest daughter, and you know how it is. You guys have family members that your kids look like you. Amen. No, no denying that that's your child. Amen. And I told my family was there last night. You know, my dad and my son and my kids and uh, grandkids and all that. They all look. All the males look alike in the rank in their square heads and. You're like, that's got to be a rank, and you're like, yep, that's for sure. Um, faith and hope uh, are kin. They're family members. But this confident expectation, hope, actually sets on the foundation of faith. Without faith, you couldn't have hope. And without faith, you can't please God. So everything that you, everything that you have needs to be resting on the foundation of faith. In Christ Jesus, amen? amen. And, and, and then things will get better. So here it is. So this child he's talking about here, Isaiah, uh, is Jesus. And it says the government will be on his shoulders. So I don't know where you're at in uh, the area of government right now. Maybe you think it can be improved upon. It probably can. Uh, but this government that we're talking about here today is a government uh, of increase Uh, there'll be peace and there will be no end. And let me look this up here. It says that this government, follow me in verse 7, will be upheld with justice. Say that with me, with justice and righteousness. And if that's a, a part of the government you can be involved in, say amen. It's just, that's the kind of government I like, one that's just, and one that is righteous. And, oh, cool, man. I, was like, I thought I was going to have to preach that a little more, and it's not. It, it, it. So this, this government is, is fail-safe, uh, and it's run by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we're putting all our hope here today. Amen? Put your hands on, on the word, and then we'll, we'll get going on it. Lord, we, just, we have for sure come to the point in our lives where we realize our own goodness is 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 nothing in your sight uh so we're putting all our hope all our trust all our faith in you and belief for a, a a manifestation of your holy spirit to come and descend on this building and 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 everyone who's watching on live stream um, and we just hope and we pray today if there's somebody who doesn't know you would receive salvation that only you can give today That would be the best gift we could ever do, would be giving uh, you uh, ourselves. Uh, So, Lord God, we ask that the uh, people who give today would be, whether they give online or give through the Christmas box, would be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Applaud the Lord and then let the Christmas box come back. Amen. Um, Go with me into Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, talking about hope. you know, I had a, we had some friends that came over for Bible study on Tuesday night, and I won't get into all the details, but they finally got to the Bible study, and uh, they said they didn't, did you ever go to, I mean, you guys always feel like coming to church, but maybe this crowd over here. All right, maybe you guys right here, sorry. Sometimes you don't feel like going. But you go despite how you feel because you believe there's some kind of hope that something supernatural will happen when you get there. 
Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. I mean, Bob, and there's enough faith there. And my hope is, is when I get, so anyways, this person gets the Bible study. They're like, man, we wouldn't even plan on coming. I got here and I'm so blessed. I went from like being in a real bad mood to being in a great mood. And, and it's all God, you know, whether it's the lights or the, or the word or the songs or whatever it is, there's enough there that I believe that can change my life. Amen. And that's what this message is going to be about today. Amen. Yeah. All right. Um, and, and it's actually kind of after the Christmas story, but we're, we're, we're bringing it back to Christmas. Um, would you rise with me as we pray for this Christmas message? This will set us up for next week. And, and if you don't know, we're having a midnight service on Christmas Eve. You already know that. Um, and our Christmas plays this Friday. So, Lord, we just pray uh, for the message going forth. Um, Lord God, for its truths to impact our life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. One more applaud, and you can be seated. Thank you. Uh, in... Before we get in there, get your decision card out and at least just grab it. If you don't, there's one right behind you. And whether you want to give your life to Jesus, be baptized, join, or whatever it is, we'll pray for you if that's what you need. Uh, get that to somebody and we'll get it in the office. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, you can turn me down just a little bit. Um, in the days of Herod the king, behold, the wise men from the east came. Um... So, I'll tell you what, I'll go back to it. Verse 2, saying, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling the chief priests and the scribes and the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And, oh, you Bethlehem in the land of Judea are by no means um, least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler uh, who will shepherd my people Israel. So, uh, Gloria, these people had hope because their hope was based in the promises and the prophecies of Jesus Christ. So, no different than what you have there. They Obviously, we live in the New Testament. They didn't have that. But... Um, they're putting their trust and their hope in the promises and the prophecies of the Bible. Um, so this gets cooler as we go. So um, verse 7, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me the word, or bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. And right by worship him, just right in your margin there, put liar, Mrs. Strain, liar. Just right down there, right there in your margin of your Bible. And uh, we're talking about Herod here. He, we, we know that he really doesn't want to worship. Um, and we know uh, that liars lie um, when their lips are moving. Amen. That's just, that's what's going on here. I'm just making it noteworthy so when you go back through it, you go, oh, I remember Pastor Pat told me that. Okay. Verse 9. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold the star. They had seen when it arose and went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. 
And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Oh, and we know each one of those gifts have a specific meaning to them. Verse 12, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Interesting uh, fact here, these wise men, anybody that's wise will seek out Jesus. Amen. And they fell down on their knees. So know this and hear this from me. Only take a knee for Jesus. Don't, don't ever, don't. Don't ever bow for anything else. Don't ever bow for any other body. Don't bother. Bow for any other cause. Only bow to Jesus Christ. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God's people said amen. amen. Don't take a knee for anything else. It's very important that we get this cleared up uh, because there's only one way that you can be saved, and it's through his blood. Now, let's get back and start preaching a little bit. Uh, starting out in verse 2, so the stage is kind of set. All the players are there, so you can kind of wring your hands a little bit and, and be ready for it. And if you don't take physical notes, at least make mental notes so you can take home to your family because there's nothing uh, more anointed and more blessed than a, than a Christmas message. It's very easy to give. It's very easy to receive. It's very easy to get people to come. It's very easy to get people to watch. Because uh, Christmas is something that's very, very special. Uh, and you agree, I know. So starting back in 2.1, we're going to go back and chop it up. It says, now after Jesus was born, so we know that well, there's a couple of facts. Jesus has already been born. Now, the, the debate with theologians, uh, Mark, would be how old is he really? Somewhere between baby and two years old. And that, and that might blow some of your guys' theology, but I'll cover that uh, as I continue to go. Uh, and so I know that your cute nativity scene has the wise men at the manger. They weren't at the manger. It doesn't mean you still can't have a, a cute nativity scene. We do too. Uh, but it's not biblically sound. Amen. Okay, so they're not at the manger. They go and see Jesus at his house with his mom and his dad. Uh, and we know the people were wise because it says in 2.1 that they were wise men. And know this, wise men and wise women seek Jesus. Wise men and wise women seek Jesus. And we know they come from the east, whether they come from India, they come from Babylon, wherever it is, you, you think whatever you want to think. And I promise you one thing, Grandpa, it won't change eternity. Amen. So you guys can have biblical debates, and they're fun to do, and that's wonderful. But what you think and what I think, I promise, will not change eternity. Verse 2. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? So remember this. They're putting all their hope, Bruce, uh, about this baby king to be born. He's going to be over here. The star's going to be above him and all this kind of stuff. Now, was they wise men? Was they magi? Magi meaning magicians, astrologers, soothsayers. Not really sure. I, I would say at least they were astrologers because they were enamored by the stars and the star was prophesied it was going to be and the star would rest over his house. 
So we know all these things. So there are some factual things that we know for sure in here. Amen? Um, <clears throat> where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Question mark. For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Good idea. Um, let me move on before I stop here. When Herod the king, this is where a problem comes in. This guy reminds me of some politicians. And it, it is. I mean, it's just really kind of, Pastor Jay would, would tell you, it's, just, it's kind of like a political thing going on here. So uh, politics and backslapping has been going on for thousands of years. Nothing has changed. Uh, let's see what kind of agenda he has. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Now, why would a king be troubled just because a baby's been born? Well, this heathen king finally realized he, he, he didn't become a believer, but he believed that prophecy was true, and that baby king was going to end up being the Messiah, and it threatened his kingship. This guy, this guy was a party line guy. This guy was a party line guy. He didn't want anything messing up his party or his plan, and he surely didn't want this baby to be born. Boy, it's quiet. Because Jesus is a threat to those who aren't believers. Jesus is a threat to those who aren't believers. Hmm. Uh, Herod the king heard this news and was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling the chief priests and the scribes. So he's getting all his people together. Do this with me. He's getting them all together. This is the back. This is a backslapping bunch. We got to get all these people together. Let's. And what we need to do is we need to say it with me, class. We need to have a meeting. We got. We got to have. A, Barger, we got to have a meeting to find out what we're going to do at the next meeting. And, and then we won't actually decide, but we'll all meet together so we can tell people that we had a meeting about the meeting to come. Then after we meet for a while, we're, we're going to reconvene after Christmas, and then we're having another meeting to find out what we need to meet about next time. And you're like, man, can't these guys get anything done? Just do this. Not guys like this. All right. Uh, he was troubled. They assembled all the chief priests and scribes and he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born and they told him in Bethlehem. So he hears this prophecy. Slide down to verse 7. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained them what time the star had appeared. He goes, you know what? I wonder what time that star appeared. I need to, I need to know because I know he was, he's kind of doing math in his head. He said, I know that he was born you know, here, and he says, when you go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found, uh, found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. He don't want to worship him because we've read on. Read down to verse 16. It says, it says then once he found out he'd been duped, Herod said when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all that region who were two years old and under. So he don't sound like much of a king at all. As a matter of fact, he don't sound like much of a man. Any man that would want to kill a baby ain't a man to me. I'll say it over here. Any man that wants to kill a baby ain't a man to me. 
I'm going to get back to this in a minute. Amen? Men are defenders of women and children. I'm going to keep preaching. I will. Uh, let's get back to this. So he says, uh, once you found the child, bring him back that I may too and come and worship. And you know what? I just wanted to say this. Not everybody who says they're a Christian is a Christian. And the Bible says you'll know them by the fruit that they bear. I can see right here, this guy bears no fruit at all. As a matter of fact, it looks a little sour to me. And after listening to the king, they went on their way and behold the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. So you know this guy is ate up and so jealous, Troy, that this baby king is born. It's going to steal all his thunder, and he's going to come, and he's going to save men and women and all of mankind from their sin. And he don't like that because it's going to break up his party. And when they saw the star, they were rejoice exceedingly with what kind of joy? Great joy. So people that are born again have great joy in their heart. And their hope rests on the faith and found uh, hope rests on the faith and foundation of faith. And going to the house, they saw the star, or they saw the child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped. And opening the treasure uh, treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and, uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then they warned him in a dream not to return to Herod, that they departed to their country by another way. Now, let me tell you something uh, about sheep and wolf's clothing. Not everybody who says they're a Christian is a Christian. Sometimes they like to lie about it. Sometimes they like to scheme about it. And sometimes it's just for personal and political gain. And then when you do any investigation and you find out, man, this guy ain't a Christian at all. He doesn't walk like a Christian. He doesn't talk like a Christian. He don't act like a Christian. He don't have the same hope that I have. He doesn't have the same faith that I have. I can tell that he's not a Christian by the way he's acting. So don't put your hope in people. Turn with me in Isaiah chapter 40. This is something I want to share with you. And this will help you with your hope. Uh, and then I, it comes with a story. I'm just going to read one verse and then we're going to go back and we're going to we're going to pull it all together. So here's where we need to put our hope. In, verse, in chapter 40, verse 31, back to talking about hope. It says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. I, hold on for that. I don't I know what kind of, you know, I, th I think everybody uh, at this church one time or another experienced the flu or the sniffles or COVID or whatever it was that you were going through. And you, and you, you know, and I told you my case, every time, every time I get sick uh, and it's rare, I always, guys always feel this way. I've told you this before. This could be it. That's the way guys think. I'm, I'm, I'm helping the girls out. Now, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking to myself because <laughs> when I get the sniffles, I feel like I need to, I need to phone everybody. This is my last 
this may be my last day. Faint to me is having the sniffles. But here, this is, this is much more than just the sniffles. Faint means weak or laid out or however you want to describe it. And I don't know about you. We've, we've suffered a lot of tragedies, and, and you guys know who they are, and they're, they're horrible. You know, I was thinking about that, uh, that song, uh, Mary, Did You Know? I was thinking about that. And you know Miss Kim and Mr. Mark sung that song, and, and Janet and Bebo sung that song. And they, they I, I love all them guys so much. And, and if you've lost somebody, you, you may feel a little weak today, too. And we have friends that are in a hospital, all these kind of things. So I'm, what I'm trying to do is paint a picture for you guys today about hope. Just say that with me, hope. And I, I don't know where you're at in your uh, walk with the Lord or where you're at. If maybe Christmas brings up good uh, memories are bad for some. I want you to not think of that so much, but just placing your hope in Jesus. Amen? Now, I'm going to go back and read you three verses out of the same chapter, and it starts in, uh, start in 28. I started in 29 last time, so it's four, Isaiah 40, verse 28. We're going to go back through 31, then and it comes with the story. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary, and his understanding is unsearchable. And I thought about this last night, so I want to tell you this, and we're going to continue on. At the end of service last night at Winfield, we brought out all the little human beings. You know, they're like three foot and under. (laughs) Just the little kids. And they all lined up, and they sung like three Christmas songs. And it was, it was so wonderful and brought us all kinds of, and yes, you're, some of these grandkids, all that kind of thing. It brought so much hope to me as a Christian. And, and, and after a while, um, they even get more and more excited about the song they're singing. One of the songs they were singing is, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. I mean, say that, We Wish You a Merry and, and they kept going on, and, and like each time they sung the, the line, they're, they're acting like it was going to be a big surprise. <laughs> but it was exciting. And I think when you see people that are excited about the Lord, it not only brings them hope, uh, but it brings us hope to the recipients. And, and that's kind of what this Isaiah 40 is. It's, we already know it, but at least when we recite it again, it just brings us some new hope. Amen? Amen? And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the tree that's behind me. And I, if you just kind of focus on that just a little bit, not to take the focus off of Christ, but I believe that brings focus to Christ when you just focus on that. Amen? Because he's the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Now let's get back to the scripture here. So uh, I left you at 28. So here's 29. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. So you've, you've, you've felt Jesus in your weakest moments. And he can encourage each and everybody, no matter how you feel here today. Amen. 
Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Amen. Um, so what I'm going to do is I, I got one more promise that I want you to, to hang on to uh, in the area of hope. And I'm going to ask you to rise. I'm going to ask uh, our piano player to come up. And, and then when I get done, we got a, we got a quick two-minute testimony I want to share with you today. Um, so, and he might be watching today, so, so praise God. Um, the other day... It was actually quite a while ago. It was two or three months ago. Um, our friend and our deacon here, Gary Harden, uh, asked me to go pray for one of our members. His name is Johnny Moore. His name is Johnny Moore. And, um, and uh, when I come in to do a hospital visit, I don't, I don't like to just pray. So I want to tell all the young preachers this, whether it's Slingshot or whoever it is, or Mark, whoever it is, any, any preachers. I don't, I don't just go or, or just to give eulogies for your brother Pete. I come to bring hope. I, I, when, when people ask me to come and preach or, or do things that I do or whatever, I don't want to just come and go, okay, well, we're, we're going to kind of do this and you'll feel better when I leave. There's, uh, there's nothing that I have for you that can make you feel better other than the word of God. I don't have. So I'm going to tell you this story and it's a true story. I actually have two, but I'll only be able to share one uh, right now. So I go in with Gary and I said, uh, so I go in, I walk in with my Bible. I got my anointing oil and I'm in there and I was like, and Johnny, if you're watching, I want you to know I love you, buddy. He said, uh, I said, Johnny's laying there in bed. I said, and they said, come up and pray for him. He's getting ready to be put on hospice. I said, well, what would you want me to come up here for, Johnny? I said, well, I was coming. I was going to come in, and I was going to pray for healing for you. And he looked at me, looked at me, and he said, Chef, he said, I wish I had faith like yours. And I said, get it then. Because when you have faith like mine, that's where hope rests. And God doesn't love me anymore and he loves you. You can have as much faith as you dare to, to challenge yourself. And do it, does everything work out the way I want it to all the time? No, it doesn't. If it did, my daughter would still be alive. So I don't have those answers. You have to talk to God when you get to heaven. But this story I know is true. So I said, Johnny, I said, I, I, I'm not praying that you're going to be comfy on hospice and that would be good if that's the way we were going. I said, but I'm going to pray that God's going to heal you. And he struggled. Just, just shut it down, turn the lights out, the party's over. But I, I, I laid hands on him, I anointed him with oil, and I read James chapter 5 to him. I said, Johnny, I'm going to believe that you're going to live. And he, he, he just about come out of his bed. And then he sent me a text yesterday or day before. He said, not only is he out of the hospital, but he's in rehab right now. 
And he said, I've stood up for the first time four times on his own in one session. And all that hope and all that healing comes from only one king, and his name is Jesus. I, uh, God is the gatekeeper of all things good. This Christmas, you're going to have to decide where you're placing your hope. Is it going to be in another worldly king? Steve, I hope somebody comes in and, and rescues us from this deal. They ain't going to. We're, we're too far down the line to continue to, to try to get somebody worldly to fix this problem. All your hope should lie in the power of of a living God named Jesus. And we celebrate his birthday this month. So I'm going to ask you the question that I always ask every week, week after week after week. Do you know not only the baby king, but do you know the Savior, Jesus the Christ, and is all of your hope in him. I want you to close your eyes as you listen to this. I want to talk to somebody who has tried it their way. Just say, I've tried it my way. I tried it my way. Oh, Lord, I tried it my way. Terry, I tried it my way. Tried it my way. We tried this and we tried that. And then we tried it again. And then we promised God that if he would get us through this, we'd put all our hope in him. All our efforts, all our praise and all our whatever. We've tried to get the kids straight. We've tried to get the the husband or the wife, we've tried to get mom or dad. We tried to get them off of this, that, or the other. We tried. Here's what I'll ask, you, ask to you today. Have you put your hope in Jesus Christ? I tried to get a godly mate. I've tried to get a godly friend. Tell Jesus today, say, I have enough faith today. Then all you need is a mustard seed. And I hope and I believe that you're going to change my life today. Just say it to yourself. I'm, I'm, a, I'm just going to turn it all over to you this Christmas. So when I'm driving down the road and I see Christmas lights, Mickey, it's going to remind me that Jesus is good. Say that Jesus is good. Oh, when they're hanging up on the gutters and they're hanging up in the trees or in the bushes, I can remember Jesus is good all the time. All my hopes in Jesus.
I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be right all the time. I don't have to argue and fuss and fight every time I turn around. And I surely won't do it this Christmas. Tell your family today, say, we're not doing that anymore. We're not doing it anymore. We're not going to do that. We're not going to continually do what we've been doing and this, that, and the other and go behind the building and all this kind of stuff. Those days are over. I'm getting right with God. Who are we hiding our life from? <laughs> Amen. Anybody have a, a family where they're always outside somewhere? Say it with me, outside, always outside. Somebody don't see me outside. And we go behind the building and we go out in the car. What the heck are you doing? Don't look around. What are we doing outside when the whole family's inside? Oh, I'm mowing somebody's lawn today. We'll go outside. What an embarrassment. Finally get the family gathered together and we're outside. You know what we're doing outside, church. We should be in the, in the church or we should be in the house with the rest of the family with grandma and everybody. Mom and dad. Clocks are ticking. Clocks are ticking. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody needs their hope increased today, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. You got to let the devil know you're fixing to crack it on him, man. I'm, I'm, getting, ready to, I'm getting ready to take my, say it with me, class. I'm getting ready to take my life back. I'm getting ready to tell you, I'm tired of messing around with the devil and the, and the scams and the scheming. Oh, Lord, forgive us where we thought we was tricking you. Forgive us where we thought you couldn't see us. But we see now, Lord God, we've been acting like fools. We're going to get our act together. We're going to follow you. Through the thick and the thin. Tell Jesus today, I want to give my life to you, Lord. I want, I, want, I want you to have it. I want you to make something out of it. Oh, it's so good to, to be born again, isn't it? If you're born again, somebody ought to just say amen. I'm, I'm so glad I'm saved, man. I, I'm so happy. I'm so glad I'm, I'm saved. What a great Christmas it's going to be. I'm going to shout Jesus everywhere I go. I'm going to shout Jesus everywhere I go. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus. I'm going to invite people to my church. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to do something extra special today for anybody that can meet me down here at the altar, just real quick. We're going to pray for all the unsaved in the world today. Would you do that with me today? Would you meet me at the altar here? Meet me at the altar. Let's pray for the unsaved people. 
If you're saved, that's wonderful. Let's just pray for all the unsaved. After we get done praying for them, we're going to do a quick two-minute testimony. And, and, and you, you representing with your hand up might be one of your children or your mom or dad or your aunt and uncle or your neighbor or somebody that needs to be saved. We're going to pray for the unsaved today. I'm going to throw in a prayer for my friends, the Gray family today. Lord, I just want to start by thanking you because you're so good all the time. You are such a good God. You have, you have redeemed the lost. You have, you have fixed the problem. You have finally made a way when there was no way. I'm glad that the family, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm glad that the family's back together. We're putting aside personal agendas, Lord, and we're going to follow you. Lord, we want to lift up the lost, not just here at our church, but the, but the, but the community worldwide. Wouldn't it be great this Christmas to see the, the prodigal child come home? Oh, Lord. The prodigal brother, the prodigal sister come home. The great-grandchild that's way off yonder. Wouldn't it be great this Christmas that everybody's shouting Jesus? Oh, it would be so good, wouldn't it? I, I'm just going to believe with you. If I want to believe with you that this will be the best Christmas. My family, this will be the family, the time when the family all came back together this Christmas. There was a, there, say it with me, class, there's a Christmas miracle. Oh, there's a Christmas miracle. Oh, there's a Christmas. I can feel the Spirit of God in here. So, Father God, I pray that you save them. I pray that they acknowledge they know they're sinners and they need to be saved and they come on home. And Lord God, for my friends, the Gray family. Oh Lord, what a tough Christmas this is going to be. I love Mr. Mark. I pray for Miss Kim and Jenna and Kendra and the kids. But I have hope. And it rests on the foundations of faith. That some years ago, Mr. Mark gave his life to Jesus. And he has a blessed assurance that he rests in the arms of a Savior. I'm so excited that he chose you, dear Jesus. And I pray everybody does today. As we give you the glory this Christmas and stand with our brothers and sisters who have struggled loss, first loss, first Christmas. And we pray all this together. In the mighty name of Jesus, and all his people said, Amen.